What up? I got nice skin here with me. This ain't a diss song. But, um, yeah, uh-huh, you know what it is. I'm a cheesehead, y'all cheese whiz. Pittsburgh Steelers, that's nothing. That Super Bowl ring, that's nothing. Yeah, pull up in your town when you see me, you know everything. Green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Yeah. I put it down, representing for my team. I'm in green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow, green and yellow. Uh -huh. Money green, yellow broad, Aaron Rodgers, MVP award. This is yes, sir. You know the vibes, man. You already know. You already know, bro. Green and yellow, green and yellow. Big G's on a helmet. This ain't a diss song. I just love my team. You know the vibes. If you don't know, you're aware of them now. You dig? Do you dig? Oh man. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is... Wow. I'm, I keep messing up my intro because I'm so excited to get to it. All right, let's try again. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 84 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday. It's Thursday. I don't know if you remember, but these these Thursdays, that's when the original drop used to be. I used to drop on Thursdays. Uh, because Thursday night football would come on and I would start off the week like weekend like that. It, yeah, that's how I used to do it. So I'm doing it today because I was so excited about the content that I got. Um, you know about the things we're going to be discussing today. I was like, why not drop a day early? Why not? Why not? I think you guys deserve this episode early because I feel like this is going to be a great episode. We have a lot to discuss today. Um. I'm going to talk about this scandal uh, in Penn State right now that Penn State football is dealing with. Uh, then we're going to talk about the the WNBA's new CBA agreement. Then we'll discuss this L LSU hashtag celebration gate. And then we'll get into uh, Luke uh, Keekley, man, retires at age 28. And we'll talk about Luke Keekley and all of the other players who retired, who've retired young the past year alone. And then we'll get into the uh, championship weekend, man. Championship weekend is here, and we got two great games, two regular season rematches on deck for this weekend. Uh, not to mention, we got some boxing this weekend and some UFC. I'll sprinkle in at the end, not too big to discuss. Uh, but um, so, man, this is, this is what we're going to do. So we're going to start off with this Penn State thing, man, that really, really bothered me. And as soon as I saw it, I said, oh, man, I got to get I got to I got to discuss that. Got to discuss that, man. So let's let's start off with. It. OK, so before I start, I want to say that everything that we're about to discuss may be disturbing to some. I'm not going to go into grave detail as the article did and, you know, many articles that are floating around right now. On the internet and social media I don't want to go too deep into that Because it did bother me And we don't know If this stuff is true But if it is It is very very troubling to read And you know With a with school With a program That's already been through Something of this nature With with, their, with Jerry Sandusky You would think that This wouldn't happen again Or even be you know, it's a touchy subject. It's a touchy subject. You would think that they wouldn't have anything like this happen again. And for it now to be allegedly with the players, it's, it's, it's a little more disturbing. Because it's like, bro, these are supposed to be your brothers. These are supposed to be guys you put your trust in on and off the field. And this is what's happening. So, here, here's, here's where we are. Uh, former Penn State football player. Isaiah Humphreys filed a lawsuit on Tuesday against the university, Coach James Franklin, and former teammate Damian Barber. Uh, Humphreys says in the suit he was hazed by Barber, Michael Par uh, Micah Parsons, uh, this other uh, teammate's name who I cannot pronounce, and I'm sorry I can't, uh, and uh, one more teammate named Jesse uh, Lakita. So... Humphrey says that these guys were the basically the ringleaders of the hazing that was going on. He said it was a lot of upperclassmen hazing uh, the lower classmen. 
Alright. Hazing. There's a first of all, there's a fine line, very thin line, between hazing and assault, whether that be sexual or not, and a, a, a straight up abuse, and just like you know, bullying and torturing. Hazing isn't supposed to be this bad, man. Hazing isn't supposed to be bad at all. Hazing is, you know, uh, like what shaving cream. Type situations, putting candy in people's cars, stuffing them cars with uh, like uh, what's it called? The, like the peanut cotton things, you know, that they stuff packages with doing stuff like that. Uh, making guys go get donuts, coffee, carrying equipment to the uh after practice, making them go get Gatorade. <laughs> excuse me, Powerade. Um, stuff like that, man. Fun stuff. Not not what I read about in this article. Not not what I read about in this article. Uh, in in the article it said that players were telling other players that I'm including Humphreys. I'm going to Sandusky you. Now I don't know how true any of this is. Once again, this is all alleged. We don't know the facts yet. We don't know. We we you know this is all alleged. We don't know if it's true. But if it that, that does that sound like somebody something a player could say in the locker room? Yes, yes it does. Yes, it does. Guys say crazy things all the time. It they do, they do. It, it's it's real. Locker room talk, it's real. So I can I can believe that if it I can believe that I'm going to send like I'm going to send desk to you. That's a thing. That sounds like something that just somebody could just say on Twitter, and in real life. Um, like I said, man, very disturbing things. Also alleged. Um, there was a lot of. Like sexual assault, like sexual like innuendos, like guys were being held down and got uh, teammates were putting their private parts on other guys' foreheads and like dry humping their teammates and and putting like acting like they were um they were alluding uh to masturbation. It it was hard to read, man. It was hard to read. It was very hard to read because it's like, bro, really? This is what you guys are doing in the locker room. Like, this is this is bad, man. This is bad. You're supposed to be a brotherhood. You're supposed to, you know, this doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good. And doesn't look good. For it to even be a lawsuit, for this to have to have to go to court, have it to come like this is really gross. This is nasty. This is bad for a university with the history of this. For a program with the history of this. Um, Humphreys, his dad played at Penn State and he was drafted to Buffalo Bills in 1992. Uh, apparently, him he notified his dad, and his dad said he notified coaches and nothing happened. Uh, nobody stood up for Humphreys because this was, this was his thing. He brought up the accusations and nobody took him serious. Um, so basically, James Franklin and the coaching staff knew about this. Again, allegedly knew about this and nobody did anything. If this is true, I want everybody gone. If this if this really does come out, I want everybody gone. Starting with that bald head, shiny James Franklin. He he's first to go. Um Penn State, so Penn State did the um internal investigation. I believe Penn State police did this I in the university. I believe that they did this. Uh, they did an internal investigation. Of course, nothing came up because it's an, it wants, it's an internal investigation. So I wouldn't assume that anything would just come up. I, I don't think they were really looking for anything. That's how I feel about that. I feel like that was very shady. I feel like all internal investigations are shady to me because it's like, why, why do we want to jeopardize this program and this university again? Yeah, I, I yeah, I can see how that some of that stuff is being swept under the rug. Then um Humphrey says the coaching staff overly um overly and unfairly scrutinized his performance after he reported the harassment. So according to Humphreys, basically, you know, oh, they also sat him a game. They sat him a game. Um and he, he says they were hard, even harder on him. After he brought up the uh, after he reported the harassment and everything, so once again, 
Oh, and then he would eventually transfer out of the program and go into Cal. All right, man. This doesn't feel like somebody who's looking for money. To me, looking at it, because look, like I said months ago with the uh, the AB thing and the woman coming out with the accusation, we went through that situation. That situation turned out to be something totally different from what we started off with, with the accusations. But when we go back to that, I was on, you start off, we're listening to the victim. We're going to listen to the victim, and we're going to assume that this is true. We're going to assume it's true, because we're not going to victim blame anybody. We're not going to accuse a victim of lying. That's what we're not going to do, and we're going to treat this situation the same thing. So as of right now, I'm taking Isaiah Humphrey's allegations serious. I'm taking them serious. I'm not I'm not sleeping on him, and I'm not... Um, Sliding him in any way So To transfer out of a program Clearly you don't feel safe anymore With your teammates or your coaches So that's what it looks like to me Um, I'm, I'm interested to see how this one plays out I would like to see if anything comes out of this If, if any more And also the representation said it's not just Humphreys who's, yeah. So more than likely, more players may start to come out and 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 say their piece and come forward with more information as this case moves on. But as of right now, we we don't know much. This is all we know is what's stated in this lawsuit. I will say, the man, this isn't good. This isn't a good look for this this university and this football program. And. I'm sure that they're not the only program that's dealing with probably anywhere of any level, high school, college, you know. This is just nasty, man. It's bad. It's ugly. And you hate to see these type of things. You really do. Not not anything to to, you know, just to to just look over and to let slide. Like this 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 should be still talked about next week. We shouldn't sweep this under the rug. And yeah, man, very, very, very bad situation for the Penn State football team. But uh, moving on to something a little more lighter, let's talk about the WNBA, man. This is rare. I don't think I've ever talked about the WNBA on the show before. So this is a precedent. And this is a great thing for the WNBA. Uh, So let's discuss that on the show before. So on here before we've discussed the uh, NFL's CBA and the co- up, you know collective uh, bargaining agreement and what they're dealing with in the NFL, we've discussed that before, and now we're about to discuss the WNBA's. You know, this is something that is good for the women of the WNBA and good for women that want to join the WNBA because look, man. I don't care about these, you know, the jokes that the that guys do on Twitter about the WNBA, whether whenever Bleacher Report or ESPN tweets something about the WNBA or post something on IG and the comments and replies are kitchen jokes that are worn out by now and all types of stuff. That's over, man. These these it should have been over. It was never a thing for me. I I didn't. I've never taken any part in any of it. In any of it. My thing is these women are. Better athletes than all of the trolls in the comments. Please stop. Please, please, don't like don't do that. Don't do that. Um. So these women fought hard, fought hard for their new uh, CBA agreement. So here's here's what life was like in the old CBA agreement. The max player salary was one thousand. Uh, one hundred seventeen Salaries were so low That these women had to play overseas During the off season So you know like when your teacher tells you That they work at like a bar t- They're bartenders Or or they, they work at like They have other jobs Like I remember I had, a, I had a teacher who was a bartender I also had a teacher who was a lifeguard I had a teacher who worked at a grocery store During the summer Need more cash 
I don't think professional athletes should need a second job. I don't think that's. I don't think LeBron has a summer job. I don't think Tom Brady has a summer job. I don't think. Uh, who, who who else can I name? Bryce Harper. I don't think he has a second job. I don't think Sidney Crosby has a second job. These guys don't need summer jobs, man. They're good. I feel like the women of the WNBA should be the same way. Uh, reigning MVP. This was last season, I believe. Reigning, yeah, before last season. Or this, yeah, reigning MVP Brianna Stewart tore her Achilles playing for a Russia club weeks before the season started. So because she couldn't get top dollar and she needed to make extra cash, she tore ACL. I mean, excuse me, tore to her Achilles. Before her regular her day job was able to kick off, and that's just crazy to me. That's unacceptable. Uh, the league minimum for two years of less experience was uh, forty one thousand dollars and some change. Uh, they only received twenty percent of the revenue share. They flew coach, and seats were very uncomfortable. These women are a lot of these women are over six five. Or, you know, around, you know, they got long legs, man. They don't need to be flying, coach. Scrunched scrunched up. No. Unacceptable, man. Unacceptable. And here's here's something that really blew my mind. Non-veteran players were forced to share hotel rooms. Okay, are these college kids or professional athletes? Because I'm confused. I am actually confusion here. That's actually insane to talk about, to think about. Grown young ladies, grown women Sharing hotel rooms Like No No man So now New CBA agreement for 2020 Big things happening man So now the max player salary has increased to 215k League minimum has increased to 56k for uh, Two years or less and I believe three to four years experience up to 68K. They now, they now have a 50-50 revenue split. Uh, the league will have $1.6 million for league marketing agreements with $250,000 for cap for a single player. Um, plane seats have been upgraded from coach to economy or comfort plus. All players now will have individual hotel rooms on the road. Full pay for women who have to miss a season due to pregnancy. These women didn't get, even get full maternal leave if they had to miss a season. They only got half their pay. Come on, dog. Come on, dog. Are you serious? Are you serious? They can't even get full pay for maternal leave. But maternal leave, but now they can. Then we have uh, a prize pool worth 750k for special comps and in-season tournaments, which will go in effect in 2021. Um, this is big, man. This is big. I'm happy for all the ladies. I'm I'm glad that they are finally getting, uh, what they deserve, as far as everything, man. Revenue, comfort, man. Just just daily living, man. Daily living on the road. That's that's great for them. I'm happy for them. And honestly, man, I want to try to watch more, uh, WNBA games. I want to try to support. I swear to God, I don't listen. Listen, I'm dead serious. Every time I look up on Twitter, every time they, they, they post highlights on Twitter of the WNBA, somehow it's the playoffs. And I don't understand. I really don't. I don't understand it, man. It's crazy to think about. And I'm just glad that I'm, you know, that these ladies, for one, I'm glad these ladies are doing this. But I'm going to try to figure out how and when the regular season starts. And all that good stuff. Because I now that, you know, I, I really want to try to pay attention to WNBA and try to start talking about the WNBA more on the show. These ladies deserve to be discussed as well. They do. They do. All right. So moving on to this LSU thing, man. <sighs> this is this is crazy, man. That a whole celebration is being broken down and discussed like this. But we're going to you know, what I'm going to have to do it. You know I'm gonna have to do it, so let's get right into it. Uh, here, here's what happened. Let me tell you something. Every video that I saw from the celebration was crazy. 
Everything was crazy. It was cigars. It was liquor. I think it was some champagne in the locker room. Uh, everybody was dancing. Odell was in there. Um, Joe Barrow was in his bag, man. They keep making all these crazy videos for him and everything. Look, it was a lot going on. The police were in there. Why were the police in there? I don't know. Police was hating, telling people to stop smoking and all that good stuff. And um, the biggest thing that came out of this was right after the game, confetti falling from the sky. Everybody on the field. It's live. Everybody happy. This is their first title win since 07. Do you know where I was at in 07? I was what? Eight? Nine? I don't know. I was a young boy. Disney Channel was lit. WWE was lit. Life was lit. Elementary school lit. That was 07. That was then. You had to be there. If you wasn't there, you had to be there. But um, biggest thing came out of this was when we saw... Odell Beckham Jr. reach in his pocket and pull out who knows how much money out of his pocket and dap a player up with it. Now, we don't know what. We don't know if it was real money or not. LSU was trying to play their game. They're trying to play the we don't know if it was real or not game. NCAA really ain't trying to hear that. Um, on Tuesday morning, an LSU spokesperson told the Baton Rouge advocate that the money was counterfeit. But then Joe Burrow went on, I forgot which show it was, and kind of gave the I gave us the idea that the money was indeed real, that Odell was spreading around. Um, and if this, if this comes out, if they figure, find out that the money was real... And Odell did this. I don't know how this works, but I do know that it is an NCAA uh, violation of the bylaws. First of all, I don't think it was smart for Odell to do that in that moment. I understand where you're coming from. They just won the big game. You know, you flexing the cash with the kids and everything. They Some of them not, you know, college students, college athletes anymore. I get that. My thing is, Odell, you know it's cameras around. You know it's phones out. You know this is going to get out. You know that the NCAA is picky with stuff like this. And they, you know how it is. Why do it in that moment? You could have waited to do that. In private, nobody would have batted an eye. And that would have been that. But no, you did it out in the open. And now we got to deal with this. Now we got to deal with this. So my, I don't think that it's going to be bad enough for them to like strip them of their title or anything vacated. To, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I really hope the NCAA don't do that. I hope they don't do that at all because that's just, just too much. Come on, dog. Now, what I can see happening is in the future, former players, you know, former athletes for the school's May not be allowed in the locker room or on the sideline anymore. Now that that's more realistic. That that and that hurts more. That hurts. That hurts a lot. Losing the title hurts, of course, hurts more than anything. You can ask USC, but you can't take that away. We know who won the game. You can't take that away. I don't care. You can't take the title away. You can take the trophy. You can wipe it out the record books, but we watched the game. We know who won. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that they're going to take it to that length. But to ban players from the sideline, former players from the sideline, and locker rooms, that could happen after this situation. Because I, I, I'm going to be honest, I hadn't seen that high profile of a, you know, a celebration like that in a while. Like I don't think Clemson was wilding like that last year, but LSU was lit, bro, lit. And I don't know why the police was in there hating. Over the cigars and everything. I really don't. I don't know why, man. But they was in there. They was hating. They ain't like it. So that was that. But I don't know, man. I just think that Odell should have been smarter about this. I think it was just it was just dumb. I think, you know, in the moment, okay. But in hindsight, that wasn't very smart. Wasn't very smart. Um, But, yeah, man, I, I hope don't too much come out of this, man. I, I think we should just nip at it in the bud. Just give him my uh don't do this again situation. Let's let's not 
make this bigger than what it is. NCAA, who I'm talking to right now, please. There's no need for that. There's literally no need. Um, what's next? All right, let's let's get into Luke, man. I could not believe the Panthers tweeted the video, and I'm like, what? Literally, what? Luke Keekley has done what? Luke Keekley has retired, bro. Retired from the NFL. 20, 28 years old, just like wow, man! Like, like this is insane. You know, we talking about Greg Olson of the Panthers hanging it up, and now Luke Keekley retired at twenty eight. Man, this is nuts. You know, starting the season with Andrew Luck retiring out of nowhere, and now Luke Keekley's retiring out of nowhere. Crazy. Uh, let's take a look here. Luke Keekley has only missed ten games in his eight year career. With 1,092 total tackles, including 640 solo tackles, uh, 12 and a half sacks, 18 picks, and one touchdown. He was drafted ninth overall in 2012. Same draft as Andrew Luck out of Boston College. Now, when you when you try to figure out, okay, we watched the video. He said what he said, but if you if you want to try to look. A little deeper to why this could have been and when you look at his injury history um let's see September 13th 2015 he gets a grade 2 concussion January 3rd of 2016 he has a shoulder labrum tear and he toured in week 17 he played through the postseason and the Super Bowl he got surgery in the offseason uh, November 17, 2016, another concussion. This is a grade three concussion. Then in uh, October 12th of 2017, he has a grade one concussion. And then uh, February 5th, 2018, he had surgery for an undisclosed shoulder injury at the end of the 2017 season. And then according to sports injury predictor, Luke was a high risk this past season as a 50% chance of re-injury, but he remained healthy. I don't know, man. You know, his his injury history is is not bad, but when you look at the, the history, his concussions, and who knows if he had more because these is these are what was what were reported. You know, he could have been dealing with all types of things. You know, just finish you know, watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary on Netflix about how mushy his brain was, basically. It makes you Think about these guys and how they're going to feel about this game moving forward. I believe that we won't see more Tom Brady's or more guys who are playing well into their 30s and into their early 40s. That won't be seen anymore by the end of this decade. I believe that the life expectancy as an NFL, life expectancy in the NFL will be lowered dramatically by the end of this decade, man. I, I just don't see it. Yes, the game is improving the rules and trying to make the game safer. Yes, that's true. But I don't know, man. When you look at guys, let's 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 take a look at Rob Gronkowski. Another example of a guy, you know, retiring early. Great career, but his injury history is much, much lengthier. And we're gonna get into that. But first of all, Rob Gronkowski drafted in twenty ten. Uh, second round, 42nd pick out of Arizona. He only played two full seasons, and those were his first two. And after that, he missed 29 regular season games. This is not even including playoff games and Super Bowls. Uh, 29 regular season games. So basically, that's almost two full seasons of his career missed due to injury. Uh, he finished his career with 521 catches, 7,086 Wait, 7,861 yards, excuse me, 79 touchdowns. Now, let's look at Rob Gronkowski's lengthy injury history, man. This was nuts to read. January 22nd, 2012, we have a grade three high ankle sprain in the AFC title game. He played through it, and he played in the Super Bowl, and he got surgery in the offseason. November 18th, 2012, forearm fractured that uh, required surgery January 13th 2013 Another forearm fractured Different from the first one 
that required three more surgeries, and he got an infection and it caused him to miss some um, of the next season. May 17, 2013. He's getting an MRI on something else. He's getting an MRI on a disc problem that revealed he needed back surgery. He went to the doctor to get an MRI, MRI on something else. And then this man finds out he needs back surgery. For, like, come on, dog. This man was going through a lot. Still in 2013, though. 12 uh, December 8th, 2013. A grade 3 ACL tear. MCL tear. This is all in the same game. MCL tear. And a grade 1 concussion. This is all in the same game against the Browns. Are you serious, bro? This is only 2013. This is what, three years in? And this is what he's been dealing with. Are you telling me that I would keep playing through this? If this, me, bro, I don't know how long I would have lasted. It, it, it would, Look, I love football and I love the money, but come on, dog. I'm, I'm, I'm broken over here. I'm broken over here. Um, Let's see, where we at now? Uh, November 29, 2015, knee strain. August 15, 2016, hamstring pull. Uh, November 13, 2016, lung bruise. A lung bruise after you got cracked by Earl Thomas. Uh, November 27, 2016, vertebral disc hernia. Uh, October 1, 2017, thigh bruise. Uh, January 27, 2018, uh, uh, grade one concussion. AFC title game I believe that was Eric Church That knocked him out Of that game I remember that And then 10-14 2018 A lower lumbar sprain And another lower Lumbar sprain In the same month Bro Rob Gronkowski Prime example Just So many injuries Bro And concussions It's like bro At a certain point Your body Is gonna start Telling you No your body is going to be like, nah, dog, we're not doing this no more. Because you're going to wake up and you're going to feel it. Nah, we ain't doing this. I don't care how many shots you take, how many pills you pop. If you smoke a little weed, hey, that's not going to do it. That's not going to do it, bro. That pain, you can't tell. You can't handle that. I, anybody, I don't care what type of freak athlete you are, but... Something like that, a career full of injuries like that, you won't last long. And I'm surprised that he lasted as long as he did. But we won't. I don't think we're going to see guys like Rob Gronkowski who will be willing to play through multiple concussions, multiple surgeries. I don't think we're going to see guys like that anymore. Iron men like that. You look back at um, what's my mom got? It was a rookie, from San Francisco. He was on the Aaron Hernandez documentary as well, but I remember him. He was a good linebacker, I believe. He had a couple concussions. He said every week after every game, his ears would ring. He said that was it. That's all he needed. One season, he was gone. Retired. Gone. I think we'll see. I don't think we'll see that extremity of it. Like I don't think we're going to see a lot of a lot one a lot of one and dones, but we won't see these 15-year careers, especially at these physical positions. And now, even the quarterback position is changing. We got, we're got we going to see more Lamars, more Pat Mahomes, more Deshaun Watsons, more Kyler Murrays, the, the, these hybrid quarterbacks. That's the next wave. That wave is here, but that's going to be the next, next wave over these coming years. The quarterback position is changing. We're not going to see the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, um, you know, these guys that stand in the pocket and throw the ball, bro. These these youngins are using their legs and putting their bodies on the line to win football games. We're going to see more of that, and that you know, you you look at the quarterback position. You think that's the that's a position of longevity. That's a position that 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 you can't get damaged. But that's not true. That's no longer true. Um, I don't know if we're going to see more APs. I don't think we're going to see any more Frank Gores. I don't think we're going to see any more Larry Fitzgeralds, man. These guys who won't stop, who also have, you know, AP, uh, he's had his injuries. He's had his ACL. But 
haven't been brutally injured every year or every other year. You know what I mean? Like, but still, I don't think we're going to see guys who are going to be willing to go through that for 15 seasons of their life. Because you got to look at the end of the day, you have to see life after football. You have to understand that there is life after football. These guys have families. These guys have themselves to take care of. You know what I mean? Football is not going to be here forever for you. But you you want to be you want to be able to be functioning whether you're you can walk or your brain is still intact after you've put your body and life on the line week in week out for a game. You know what I mean? I think that's what a lot of these young guys are going to take into consideration. But that starts with taking care of your brother, your money. Got to take care of your money. Marshawn ain't tell a lot, man. Protect your mental and protect your chicken. Take care of your bread, man, so you can have life. Always have something to fall back on when you're done with football because it's it's, it's going to it's there's going to come a day when you can't do it no more and you're going to have to fall back on something. You know what I mean? So that's 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 what I learned, you know, watching Luke Keekly retire. A guy who I admire a lot, man. Good hell of a linebacker. He played in the Super Bowl and a big, he was a big big part of that Panthers defense. But um yeah, man, I I think we're gonna see a lot a lot more younger guys retiring, man. I I just don't see and I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but you look at this past year alone, Doug Baldwin, 30, Andrew Luck, 29, Gronk, 29, and now Luke Keekley, 28 years old, retiring from the NFL. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, Is that all for that? I think that's all we have for that. So now... Let's get into Championship Sunday, man. It's 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 time. We're here. Four teams, two games, one trip to Miami on the line, bro. It's about to go down. So let's start off with the Chiefs and Titans matchup. That's where I want to start. I want to start on the AFC side of things, and let's get to it there. Also, I mentioned these are two rematches. These teams played each other already. Uh, what week was that? Did the Chiefs and the uh, Titans play each other first? Hold on, let me take a look here. Let's see, let's see. This was week. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm dead wrong for this. I'm so sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to think because this is like this is important to know what week it was because like people want to know these things, man. Oh uh, man, now I got to now I got to stall and 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 try to figure out when the when when they played the Chiefs. When I was supposed to know this already I swear it was in my notes I thought it was in my notes But clearly I'm wrong So now I gotta pull up the Titans schedule And they play the Chiefs Week 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 10 There we go Week 10 And they won that game 35-32 Now Let's talk about How they won this game This game was very tight Through the end Through the end Through the end Let's not forget, the Chiefs were up by five points with a minute and like 32 seconds left, right? Here's how the the last two plays of this possession went for them. So it's third and two, third and two. All you got to do is pick up a third and two and the game is probably over. You probably leave Nashville with a dub. And you're probably secure number one seed, number two seed. Well, I mean, they already, they did that. They ended up doing that, but you probably would have done it a little easier. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have needed the Dolphins to do what they did had you done this in week 10. But that's neither here nor there. We're here now. They they end up with a home field game, an AFC title game. That's all that matters now. But let's, let's take a look at that. It's third and two. They couldn't complete, couldn't convert. Mahomes ran the ball. Sideways, he was looking downfield. He didn't pick up the third and two. He slid, lost four yards. So now it's a 47 yard field goal. The ball is snapped, and the holder messes up the the snap. And he picks the ball up and he throws it. He gets an intentional, intentional grounding penalty, loss of down, turnover on downs. Ryan Tannehill and the Texans took two plays with no timeouts and scored a touchdown. 
The first play, Ryan, the pocket broke down. Tannehill got a, like about a 15, 16-yard run. And the second one was a 30-yard touchdown to Adam Humphreys. Chiefs get the ball back. They're getting Harrison Bucker's long field goal range. What happens this time? The field goal is blocked. Titans win the game. And that was going to be in the final score was 35-32. That was the, uh with a forced overtime. That's how that game was won. That's how close that game was. You know, that's how close it was. So when you look back at it, <laughs> pause. When, when you look back at this game, uh Pat Mahomes, he threw for 36 for 50. 36 of 50 for 466 yards. He had three touchdowns. Damian Williams had uh, 19 carries for 77 yards. Tariq Hill had 11 receptions, 157 yards, and a touchdown. TK had seven receptions, 75 yards, and a touchdown. And then uh, Mika Hartman had one 60-yard reception. That was a touchdown. Stephens also had four sacks. On the flip side of that, Ryan Tannehill went 13 for uh, 19 181 yards, two touchdowns, three rushes for 37 yards. Derrick Henry had two, 23 carries for 188 yards and two touchdowns. Fun fact, let's, let's look at the playoff numbers for the Titans real quick. Ryan Tannehill, through two, two games, has thrown for 160 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception through two games. That sounds like a game, but it's through, it's through two games. Then Derrick Henry. 64 carries, 377 yards, one rushing touchdown, and a passing touchdown through two games of football. So you see where their success starts. Listen, man. This game, I understand it's the Chiefs. I understand it's the Chiefs at home. I know that the Chiefs won on a 51-7 run last weekend. I know that happened. I watched that game. And I also watched this game. Derrick Henry did whatever he wanted in the first game, and nothing tells me that he may not do otherwise this weekend. I just, I don't know if stopping him will win you the game. I think scoring more points says that nobody can guard them. I really hope that that comment does not come back to bite him. You would hate to see that. You really would. If the Titans pull this off, I just, wow, I wouldn't be totally surprised, but it would be like, holy cow, the Cowboys, I mean, whoa, not the Cowboys, the Titans really did this, but I don't see that happening this weekend, I don't see it happening this weekend, I don't, I think the Chiefs win this game, I think this team, I think it's time for this team to really Together a good game of football again. And this time go to the champion to go to the Super Bowl. This team came close last year, came up short against Brady. I think this year is the year they do it. This Titans team, they're having a hell of a run. Hell of a run. I'm taking nothing away from them. They beat the Patriots in New in Foxborough. They 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 figured out the MVP Lamar Jackson at home and beat the 14-2 Baltimore Ravens at home. They did that. I mean, on the road, excuse me. They beat the – well, the Ravens were at home. Titans were on the road. On the road. Two road – they did that. But I don't know if they have enough juice. I don't know if Derrick Henry not scoring touchdowns. I don't know if that's going to be enough. Can Ryan Tannehill go blow for blow? With Pat Mahomes, Bazooka Man, Pat Pat, can he do that? That answer is no. Don't see it happening this weekend. I'm taking the Chiefs at home. The Miami, wow, the Kansas City Chiefs will advance to Miami and will be playing in Super Bowl Fifty Four. That's that's how I see it, man. I think that's that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen. And you know who's going to meet them there? Do you know who's going to meet them there, though? Do you know who's going to be on the opposite side of the field in Miami when they see them? Do you know who? 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 (laughs) 
the Green Bay Packers, man. I'm telling you guys, it's it's happening. It's happening. It will happen. And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. You guys probably aren't going to believe me. A lot of guys, a lot of people don't believe me. A lot of people don't believe me. Guys at work been talking to me all week about it. Oh, man, they really did that to y'all the first time. And y'all got to go out there, like, you know, oh, it's going to be crazy. I don't know if y'all going to do it. Hey, man, you know what I've been doing? I just been li- I just been listening, man. I just been nodding and smiling. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I do. I hear y'all. But let me tell you something. No, seriously, I'm going to, like, this isn't even me being me, you know, a, a, a Packers fan or anything or. Just because it's January, I feel like there's, you know, a difference. I, I'm, I'm, I really do feel like that the Packers have a, a very good chance of going out to Santa Clara and making this happen, man. Like it's not far fetched. Like I, I really do see this happening. Let's take a look before we look at the first game between the Packers and the Forty ers from. Um, Week 12, before we look at that, I want to go back to week 6 when the 49ers and the Rams played each other for the first time this season. Let's let, look, listen to what this 49ers defense did to them the first go-round. Jared Goff went 13 for 24, only 78 yards, no touchdowns. The receivers combined for 13 receptions and 78 yards, of course. Higby led the team with 3 receptions for 25 yards. No Todd Gurley. No Todd Gurley. Only Aaron Donald managed to get a sack. Uh, he had two sacks, and Marcus Peters had an interception. You look at the four, uh, 49ers. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you look at the uh, you look at the 49ers. Jimmy G went 24 for 33 with um, 243 yards. No touchdowns, but an interception. Their three-headed monster, that backfield they have, they combined for 35 carries, 93 yards, and a touchdown. And Kittle had eight receptions, 103 yards, but no touchdown. No touchdown, though. But that don't matter. He had a hell of a game. Now, let's look at what happened week 16. First of all, the, the first game, the final score was 20-7. to 20-7. to The final score for the second game, which was week 16, uh, was 34-31. to much better game for the Rams on both sides of the football. They played a much better game. And not, let's not forget how that game finished, how the 49ers finished that game. It was 31-31. It took a last-minute effort to do it. A win is a win, but let's, it wasn't dominant. It wasn't a dominant game. And it took a blown coverage by the rookie safety for Manuel Sanders to burst and get down the field for the setup for the game winner. Let's look at the, the, the 49ers offense this game. Jared Goff, 27 for 46, 323 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Todd Gurley, 15 carries, 48 yards, two touchdowns. Woods and Higby combined for 17 catches, 221 yards. Coop and Brandon Cooks both had touchdowns. Their defense had six sacks and two interceptions. I don't think y'all hear me. I don't think I get. I I think I think a lot of y'all out there miss what I just said. I think, church, if you if you're with me, somebody give me an amen. Somebody give me an amen. If you're with me, give me an amen because I think y'all just missed the blessing. This Rams offense played much better, and their defense much better the second go round. Much better. They couldn't finish the game, though. But they played much better football the second go-round. Jimmy G went 16 for 27, 248 yards, one touchdown, two picks. They only had two of the three-headed monster in the backfield. Uh, they combined for 16 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Kittle had five receptions, 79 yards, and a touchdown. Listen. Listen. I'm telling you guys, this will not be a repeat of what we saw week 12. First of all, Rodgers led offense. Fun fact, Rodgers led offense has not scored uh, 
less than 20 points. Wait. Yeah, less than 20 points. They've, 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 they've um, averaging big numbers in the playoffs. And this Packers defense, that was 37 points they gave up was the most they gave up. 38 points, that was the most they gave up all season. Final score was 38-7. to 38-7. Now, you look at the difference. I told you guys about the difference between everything. Let's hear what Aaron Rodgers said the other day on Dan Levitard's show about he was talking to Chris Jericho as well. He was uh, Jericho was in the studio. Let's hear what he had to say about the difference between the first meeting and your next meeting. Last time, Aaron, what they I, I've never seen I've never seen Aaron Rodgers look the way that it looked against San Francisco before. Well, talk to my man Jericho and ask him: Have yeah, you ever I'm... been in a match where everything went wrong, and then time elapsed, weeks, months, years later, he came back with the same matchup, and things were different? More- did you hear that, man? Did you did you hear that, bro? Did you hear that? After hearing that, and and when you look back after that game, Rogers said that he knew that he would we would run into them down the line, and and they would be you know prepared to see them one more time down the line. He knew this was coming. Do you really think that Aaron Rodgers in January? One game away from an appearance to get his second ring. We'll go 20 for 33 with only 104 yards and a touchdown and a fumble loss. Do you really think that Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams will combine for 24 carries, 82 yards with no touchdown? Do you really think that's happening? Do you really think that Aaron Jones will leave this game with no receptions? Do you think that only Devontae Adams, he has seven Catches for 43 yards and a touchdown. Every other receiver had three catches or less with less than 10 yards, under 10 yards receptions. And the majority of them had one catch. Do you think that only Blake Martinez and Zadarius will have a sack in this game? Do you only think they're going to get to Jimmy Garoppolo two times, this Packers defense? Do you really think they're going to get to him two times? In this game. Do you think that's going to happen in this ball game on Sunday? Do you really think this Packers defense won't force a turnover? Do you think that's going to happen? Because I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. This game will not look like the first game at all. This Packers team has gotten better since then. They rattled off six wins in the regular season to close. Beat the Seahawks last week. Were they all pretty? No, they were not. No, they were not. But let me tell you why the Packers are going to win this game. Last week, before the game, I said they have to win this game impressively. This can't be an emotional roller coaster. This can't end with a 30-second comeback with Rodgers finishing with, with Crosby. They can't finish this game like this because they can't go into this NFC title game reeling off of that win and end up losing. That's exactly how it happened the last time they were in position. Granted, they were not healthy at all going into that uh going to play Atlanta in twenty sixteen in the championship game. Not healthy at all. But they came off an an emotional win. Last week they closed the game. They needed out. They got out of Lambeau. Everybody cool, calm, collected. Let's get the hell of Santa Clara next week. We're going back to Cali. Different team. This ain't November. It's January. It's time to play football. Aaron Rodgers is going to have another great game. Aaron Jones is going to have a great game. Somebody better put a a body on Devontae. And I don't think 12 is scared to go holler Richard Sherman. This ain't Kirk Cousins. This line is much better than the Vikings line. And they only had a couple sacks last week. I mean, they only had a couple sacks on Rodgers the first time they played him. So what y'all think going to happen? Nick Bosa wasn't even a f- He didn't even, you know what I mean? Look, Green Bay is getting this dub. They going back to Cali, but they coming out with a dub this game. The Super Bowl that you will see in a couple of weeks in Miami will be the Green Bay Packers versus the Kansas City Chiefs. The matchup that we were robbed of. 
this regular season because of Pat Mahomes' injury. We're going to get Rodgers versus Mahomes one. We're going to get the State Farm Bowl. We're going to get the Super Bowl that I called back in April of this year. 4-17-2019, when the schedule came out, I quoted the Sunday Night Football tweet. I said, Super Bowl 54 preview. I said that same month that the Packers would go 13-3 and and the Super Bowl. I said that the playoffs, I was wrong about the playoffs running through uh, Lambeau, but it was close. It was only a Seahawks touchdown away from happening. But I said they would go 13-3, and and I said they would see y'all in Miami. So, again, I'm going to tell y'all, y'all can say we the worst 13-3 and three team. Y'all can say that y'all said that Rodgers and LaFleur wouldn't work. Y'all said that the Packers wouldn't get here. Terrell Davis said the Packers were going 6-10. and 10. But look where they are now. You see it. You see it. You see it. 13-3. and 6-0 in the division. First round bye. Beat the Seahawks. Now they got a rematch to go play the one seed. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for some football on Sunday. And that's all I got for y'all, man. That's all I got for y'all. That's it. I think that's all I got, man. Wow. Woo! I can run through a wall right now. I done got myself so excited. I can run through a wall right now. Um, let's see what else we got going on this weekend before I close it up, man. Uh, Saturday night we got UFC and boxing. Uh, Conor McGregor taking on uh, what's that cowboy? My guy, cowboy. It's gonna be a good scrap. This is for, uh, McGregor's first fight back since the Khabib fight. Is this his first fight since 2018? I think it is. I think this is his first fight back. So it's going to be um, interesting to see McGregor back and see how he plays this fight. Uh, he did say he was taking care of his body more, and he got that inspiration from LeBron, which was also interesting to hear. But um, I don't know, man. I hope it's a good scrap. I haven't looked at. Let me hold on. Let me look at the rest of the card here. Um, let's see. Just give me a minute. Do, 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 do. Because I don't know I know that I think this is going to be a pay-per-view I'm sure UFC 246 uh, Yes, it's, of course it's a pay-per-view uh, we got, all right, So we got Conor McGregor Taking on uh, Cowboy Donald Oh, the co-main Wow, uh, Holly Holm is fighting Cal Pennington What else we got? Anthony Pettis is on his card Okay Against Carlos Diego uh, Ferreria, 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 yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, then on in the boxing world, we got Julian J Rock Williams taking on Jason Rosario. Both of these guys have one loss. These are this is for the titles that uh, Julian Williams won against Jared Hurd. So um, good good weekend for combat sports, MMA and boxing. So I'll probably be tapped into, let's see, oh man, am I going to be watching UFC on Saturday night? I might be tapped into UFC on Saturday night. I don't think I'm really too pressed to see that uh, Julian Williams fight, to be honest with you. This UFC 246 card is a little, you know what I mean? I might have to tap in, you know what I mean? I might have to tap in. You feel me? Y'all feel me? Um, Let's see, man, what else I got to say before I get out of here, man? Um, I don't think I think that's it, man. Um, make sure you follow the Instagram and Twitter at Electrified Pod. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Eric Lyons TV. Um, ladies and gentlemen, man, I'm I'm excited for you guys to listen to this and hear this episode. It's a great episode, and I'm excited for football this weekend, man. Go pack, go! You know the vibes, man. Once again, I'm Eric Lyons, and for the 84th time, you have just been electrified.